Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Is it officially Halloween time? Justin, is that what we're doing? It's officially fall. Oh, it is. <gasps> is it first day of fall? It is. is it the uh, autumnal equinox? Oh, yeah. Ooh, yeah. And I'm going to Equinox to work out later. Me too. They usually have a DJ on this day, actually. Twice what? a year on the two Equinoxes, they have a they have a DJ for this day. Do they really? Yeah. That's a real thing? They do a whole party. Can't wait. Happy fall, ladies and Happy gentlemen. Happy fall, ladies and gents. There are parts of the country right now that have like, it's been fall here for weeks, and it's still 85 degrees in yeah, it's Southern California. Yeah, like it's also but, so hot. Yeah, going to Disneyland tomorrow. Oh, that's right. I got to watch Kingston. Oh, God, I forgot to tell you. You got to take Kingston to my house. I already I can't know take all of this. I've talked to Lisa. Calm down. Okay. She said, apparently, uh, Michaela's not coming home from work tomorrow, so you got to bring him <laughs> over. She can't do it for I, you. I know. I can't. Well, I have my PCOS test tomorrow. I'm going to... The uh, we talked about this last week about my uh, p- possible PCOS diagnosis, and I got to mm-hmm. go get my blood work done. Got it. Well, good luck. Thank you. Your lady love will be watching my dog Kingston tomorrow while yes. I'm at Disneyland, where they're celebrating Halloween already. Wait, that's so fun! I'm Pumpkins so exci- and jack o' lanterns everywhere. What is it? I didn't know you were going to Disneyland. Yes, I haven't been there in like probably. Three years, four years, maybe? When did you make this plan? Months ago. So my good friend Susan lives up in Northern California in the Bay Area, near like San Francisco. And um, she loves Disneyland. Love. She comes into town a couple times a year, but hasn't because of the pandemic. So she says, hey, my treat, I'm taking you and Emil to Disneyland. I'm meeting a girlfriend of mine. We'll all go together. Lesbian girlfriend or friend girlfriend? Just a friend. I wish she were a lesbian. Mm-hmm. She got divorced a few years ago. She hasn't been with anybody. I think she could be a lesbian. Lesbian! She's 57. She's still got time. Yeah, she does. She's a hot 57, though. Hot. And so, uh, yeah, we're going to Disneyland tomorrow after the show. I'm going to head down to Anaheim with my boo. And uh, we're going to go Wait, that's do so the fun. Thing. I want to go to Disneyland. Yeah, too late. You have All to buy right. tickets way in advance. You have to schedule them. Justin, you're obsessed with Disneyland. Have you been yet? I've been once. The full experience? Well, uh, I, I took a 18-month-old uh, at the time, so define experience. Yeah. Well, that's a lot. Did you get into the park? We did get into the park, yes. It is, though, different taking kids than going as adults. Mm-hmm. As adults, we go to Ariel's Grotto and get hammered yes. and then go ride rides. Not Ariel's Grotto anymore, by I the way. I know. They changed it over in- uh, California Adventure? Yeah. It's the Pixar Lounge. Oh, that's right. We it's tried to go last time, and I was devastated. Uh, yeah, yeah. But I am excited to see Star Wars, the Avengers Star Academy, Wars is all that's amazing. new. Star Wars amazing. Yeah. I took Gregory, our friend, 
uh, for his birthday before the pandemic, and then he took me to 33, the restaurant. I know. How do we... To think. I don't have a connection. How does he have a connection? What do we I have to no him? idea, and also, I don't even... The, the sad thing is, like, I don't even care. Yeah. And so I wish that, like, somebody who, like, was so excited about it would be able to go, like you, but like it was me, really my nice. entire life. You mean, like, how I try to invite myself over and over again, because Justin, you literally been? invite yourself into my entire life. Yeah, that's you true. You literally thought mm-hmm. you were going to my friend's baby shower, who you've never met before. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I've met her once. Okay, well, she Did was a guest on the show. Yes. What? She was a guest on the show, Justin. At your music video that I helped set up. Oh, Sugar and Spice. Yeah. <laughs> you know what? Play Sugar and Spice. Welcome to fall. That's a Christmas we're, we're song. We're just moving right on to Christmas, huh? Well, we do have a great show <laughs> planned for you today. Have you ever been a day early or a day late even? Uh, I think a day early is a little bit worse. Well, a day late is probably actually worse. Yeah. To a big, big meeting. God. Only to find out this is not how the other person understood this schedule. Michaela has a story for you in 13 minutes that's very, very Michaela. Listen, Lisa said, I'm going to just start saying, that's Michaela, because I seem to run into every issue ever. Also, we have time for one news story now, because that's how we opened our show. You ready for some news on the beat? Got Take it, it away. All right, well, Lauren Haferly, a special education assistant at Mabel Rush Elementary School, came to work on September 17th in blackface. Now, Lauren told her fellow co-workers that she wanted to emulate Rosa Parks, the black civil rights activist known for initiating the Montgomery bus boycott. Uh, and she showed up for the district's mandate for employees to be vaccinated against COVID-19. The Newburgh School District in Oregon, which voted to ban employees from having Pride and Black Lives Matter flags, as well as any political items earlier this month, responding by claiming to condemn all expressions of racism, uh, put preferably on a paid administrative leave. According to anonymous staff members, preferably used iodine to darken her skin and tried to make herself look like Parks. Now, this is problematic because uh, not only did they try to ban the pride flags, but now they're just literally serving blackface. Who is such an idiot? Like, in 2021, who thinks, who has not caught on to the blackface conversation? Yeah. Like, who is not, like, what rock are you living under? This tells me that person's just hateful. The problem is, also in this school, uh, it was earlier this month that the students shared pictures of black students at school with other racist teens across the country for them to to determine a price for slaves. One member of the group wrote, all blacks should die, let's have another holocaust. Where is this? This is at the Newburgh School District in Oregon. In Oregon? Yeah. One of the most liberal states in the entire country. Yeah. Crazy. Listen, ugh. It's awful. All right, let's get into a little bit of weather. It's going to be a high of 91 in LA today, 99 in Vegas. Ooh, it's hot. 108 in Palm Springs, 84 in Miami, 75 in Atlanta, 72 in Cleveland, 108 in Cathedral City, and 108 in La Quinta. Now give us a vibe of the day. This one hits. In ordinary life, we hardly realize that we receive a great deal more than we give, and that is, is only with gratitude that life becomes rich. Think about that. You probably do receive more often than you give most most days in your life. Most of us do. Yeah. Give yeah. a little more. Give a little bit. All right, have you ever been a day early for something? It happened to me, and we're talking about the realization I had coming up next. Okay, so normal humans, right, when we do the time change twice a year, we fall back or we spring forward. That's the time where if I am going to get caught up and I'm going to miss something, I'm going to be maybe an hour early or an hour late to something. It'll be then. It doesn't happen nearly as often anymore because we all have smartphones that automatically adjust. Mm. They keep us organized. Wait, does the time fall back today? 
No, Michaela. Would you just let me intro this segment? Right. Go off, sis. Before you tell us how much of a disaster you are. Live it up. Please. Live. So, our phones automatically adapt, right? So, we're almost never not aware of what day or time it is. Again, that's normal humans. Michaela, are you adjusting your your breast right now? As I intro this segment, what are you doing? Well, it wasn't my time to talk. <laughs> so you thought you were just taking the time to make an adjustment or give give yourself a self-exam? Yeah. Very important. Listen, I I needed to. Okay. Because you had an instance yesterday that, unfortunately for you and for every single person who's ever had to meet up with you, um, <laughs> is not the first time this has happened. You had a big meeting uh-huh. set up yeah. at a really fancy restaurant, very trendy. Yep. Over on Sunset Boulevard, I believe yes. it is. Yeah, I've been there. It's so cute. It's a, it's a place called Everly. Yeah. It's where all the cool kids go. So you were a cool kid yesterday. You had a meeting. It was important. You were there on time. Actually, you're a little bit early or a lot of bit early. Take it away. Okay, so yesterday I had a very busy day. I've gotten back from New York. I'm back trying to get into the swing of things. I look at my schedule. Now I write everything in my book. I don't do. I don't use a uh, phone. I write it down so I can visually see it. <laughs> Normally I have it, but it's in the car right now. It's a leopard print. It's beautiful. <laughs> so I had a busy day. I come to work. We had a meeting. Then I went to the gym. Then I had to get my extensions put in. I was tired already all day. I was like, I don't want to go to this meeting. You know when you're like, I'm just tired and I don't want to go. But it's with my plastic surgeon. I got to be nice to him because like I'm going to need a mommy makeover one day and like I need him to hook it up. So he's, we had to have a meeting about something else. This is all very relatable so far. Hair extensions, mommy makeover (laughs) with my plastic surgeon, fancy restaurant. Children I don't have, yes. You went to Equinox Gym, which is $300 a month. Carry on. Yeah. Okay. So I leave the extension place with Norma and I run home to get changed. And I'm like, Lisa, I got to go. I got to get to the restaurant. I'm annoyed. I get there. And normally he's early. Like he, he's just early. 30 minutes usually. And he's not there. And I'm like, mm, this is weird. So I'm like, hi, I have a reservation uh, for seven. It's under David. And she's like, oh, I don't see a reservation. Wait, also, you made a reservation for 7 p.m.? Yeah. On a work night? Yeah. I've never made, I've not made a dinner reservation Listen, that late in I, two years. I know, but I've been slammed lately. So I have to use all my hours I'm like, in the dinner day. at five, anyone? Well, it was, the, okay. So originally the dinner was supposed to be at 530. Oh. And then my extension appointment ran late. So I texted him. I said, we got to push to seven. So I get to Everly, the restaurant. And I said, hi. And she goes, oh, well, I only have a reservation for 530 for David. And I said, oh, I know. I, I thought that he changed it to seven, but that is our reservation. He must have just not changed it. She's like, it's okay. I can still take you. Have a seat at the bar. So I'm sitting at the bar. I order a martini. Everyone's being nice to me. And I'm like, okay, thank you. Did you get a dirty martini? Sure did. I know you. You know it. So I text him, hey, I'm here at the bar when you get here. He said, I'm home. I said, well, why would you be home? He said, because I thought we pushed it to tomorrow. Wait, why did he think that? Because I told him that I needed to push it to seven. And in the text... I said tomorrow I need to change the the dinner reservation to 7. Somewhere in the text he thought that I meant Wednesday at 7. So I sat there at the bar. <laughs> it got lost in translation. So I ordered the martini. So I'm like, I'm not going to leave. I'm just going to finish the martini. I let the host know. I'm like, Again, this is a very trendy place. You don't want to look like you're not a cool guy. Yes! And I looked totally uncool, which I didn't care. But then I told the host Hey, David canceled on me. Uh, we've just got to reschedule. The pity this woman took on me. <laughs> then she told the bartender, 
David canceled. And I'm like, oh my God, no, I'm not getting stood up. He's a gay plastic surgeon and I'm a lesbian going ring shopping on Friday. Then I looked even more desperate because I'm like shouting it. (laughs) No, I've been that bartender. I've been that bartender many, many times. That's when you just, you cover the drink and say, honey, just go home. You're okay. You're okay. He gave me a shot. He goes, here, this is on me. I was like, I don't need it to be on you. I'm not being stood up right now. I'm not broke. I'm just trying to get free plastic surgery. I'm not broke. I'm not single. I'll see you tomorrow. Buy my drink tomorrow, please. <laughs> so today is the day. Oh yeah, yeah. So maybe I'll make it. Maybe you should I will. cancel on him. Just oh my for God, fun. Should I? And then yeah, I'll call the restaurant. And be mess like, with him. Tell David the gay plastic surgeon Michaela won't be able to meet. <laughs> and then give him a shot on the house. But then I felt bad. I was like, my poor girls that are thirty three and that are single that may get stood up. Like it's awkward. Yeah. They like make everyone makes you feel so like embarrassed. You're like, okay, girl, I didn't get stood up. Okay, coming up, who thought this was a good idea? A story that we'll be covering coming up next. I might have thought it was a good idea, actually. We'll talk about it. So, Michaela, you know this about me. You know that I love horror films. You know that it is my dream to be in a real-life horror situation. And uh, to think that everyone around me is being murdered and that I have to save the day. And not until the next morning when I survive the night do I realize it was all a setup. That's my dream, right? Scream. If I could be Sidney Prescott, Nev Campbell's it. character, that, that that's my dream, yeah, right? Tell you what. I love being terrified. There is one place where I draw the line, though, and that is clowns. Okay. Clowns are the freakiest, creepiest. I'm going to agree with the you. The worst. There's a hotel in Vegas. Which, I oh, know. No, circus, circus. Oh, I thought you were talking about the other one. Oh, the clown. The, yeah, there's no. a little clown hotel outside of Vegas too. I know, but the Circus Circus Terrifying. Won't is go there. not only terrifying. Won't go it's there. Super haunted. Yep. Chester Wait, used really? yes. Chester used to work for MGM, and it's an MGM property. And you would go to Circus Circus sometimes for meetings. And literally, he said the staff was like, "Girl, this hotel is so haunted. It's crazy." It's also outdated AF. Oh yeah, it's really that is old true. hotel. Yes, it is. So I can understand, I can relate to these parents in Singapore who are upset with their school district for um, doing something that would terrify me as a child and as an adult. Amen. They hired clowns to come to their elementary school to promote their learning, to promote some of the programs they had. Uh, Apparently, this is a school uh, for uh, young children. They focus on speech, right? And I went to, I went to, I like a stutter as a child. Um, Not a stutter, really. I had a lisp more so. And I have a stutter right now of trying to get the story out. Um, But so I can relate to this, right? Well, apparently, this is on the heels of just in July. In Singapore, they have a super, super low crime rate, one of the lowest crime rates in the entire world, right? Just in July, a young student killed another student with an axe. So teachers are on like high alert right now. They were 13, by the way. Yeah. So teachers or teachers and and, and parents and kids are on high alert. These kids are walking on eggshells. Listen, my sister-in-law called me yesterday, not not yesterday, a couple days ago, because my nephew started middle school and he's 11 now. And she said, girl, they found a knife Mm. at the school. Like, they're like being violent already. And I feel like I remember when I was in middle school and those incidents would happen and it was like, whatever. But now as an aunt, as a parent, it happening, that's terrifying we, to know that there are little kids that could be responsible for your child's yes, life. Yes. And they're 
they're 13, 11. Well, the Singapore police were brought in, the police force, because the kids literally, parents started like circulating things on social media saying that one, there's a photo apparently that went viral on social media because of this. And it's a clown standing looking over a child. And the story became, of course, this is how stories start, but the story became the clowns were offering children money to come with them. They're Ma'am? saying the school district is saying there's no truth to this. Nothing like this did actually happen. There's no actual evidence that it did happen. But that's how the story started on social media. So parents started freaking out and leaving their jobs to go pick up their kids. And the teachers caught wind of this. And the teachers kept all the kids locked indoors to keep them safe from the clowns that they themselves had hired. Their school district hired them. No I way. Mean, did no. they not have a proper meeting? Like, hey, teachers, we're going to have clowns come to educate the students. Uh-huh. Have no fear. Well, the, the, the minister to Singapore, uh, who actually serves on the parliament uh, for the country, for, for the nation as a whole, he's the, the minister for the district. He even went online and said, look, this is nonsense. It's not amusing and just plain dangerous. Yeah. I feel for clowns who are actually good entertaining clowns. Because when we were kids, clowns used to be a thing you could hire for a birthday party. They'd be in parades. I don't know a single person now as an adult who likes clowns. And if you're in the clown business, that's it's not a good thing. They're terrifying. People are. There are academies you can go to to learn to be a clown. Well, I feel like clowns remind me of, what are the, like, carnies? Yeah, totally creepy. Mm-hmm. And it's a little creepy. I mean, not mm-hmm. the carnies are creepy. If you're in the carny business, I mean, no Tino Shade, but my papa used to take me to the carnivals. Yeah. And they're wild. They're wild. Yes. They're on it's, the road. It's a certain lifestyle. They're it's like a nomadic lifestyle. They're like rock stars. You yes. know what I'm saying? Like, they're definitely not going to get bonded extensions and then going to Everly to be a day late to for meet their plastic surgeon. No, that's not surgeon. happening. Like, they're like, no, that you're ridiculous. This is terrifying. Well, listen, I feel like I'd feel the same way as a parent. I'd be terrified, especially after. Like, how about we, how about we do a little clown control? And actually just focus on the fact that there was a 13-year-old about an axe. You know, I dressed as a clown as a child one time, and I won the uh, local parade, the the contest, the costume contest. I got a Snickers bar and a $2 bill that I still have, actually. Okay. My grandmother made me the costume. I have a picture somewhere. I might post it on our social media as we get a little bit closer to Halloween. Okay. I wore it three years in a row. That tracks. We didn't have a lot of money. It's not surprising, honey. Okay, coming up in What's Poppin'. Uh... Somebody's making a major comeback to Saved by the Bell. Uh, We thought that she kind of was a hot mess, but apparently she's taken off all of her makeup and she's showing up and showing out. We'll discuss next. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. 
Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. That's right. We are the Morning Beat. And one of the things I love about our show is the way that we have our, our fingers on the pulse of pop culture. Mm. And we, we showcase that uh, in a segment we call What's Poppin' at the end of our first three hours of our show. And that's also Michaela Gordon's time to shine because Thank you. you are you are pop culture. <sighs> Sorry, I just sneezed. <laughs> <laughs> You're such a weirdo. Like pop culture. Oh, oh my, my god! I know it just came out. I tried to hold it. About too. popped a vessel right there. I did because I, you know, when you have to sneeze, then you plug your nose so it doesn't actually come out, but then you literally like stop pop talking. your eardrums. Stop, stop talking. Okay. What's popping? All right, this is exciting news. Lark Voorhees is making a comeback on the Save by the Bell revival. This actually makes me really happy. She had a kind of controversial couple of years. It seemed like she sort of, and I'm actually going to stop saying this about women because I actually don't like it. It seemed that she, I was going to say like, was a hot mess and like lost her mind. But she was going through whatever. So she was going through something. She had some something. mental health issues some, for a bit. Yes, yes. yes. At, to be fair, as did Dustin Diamond. Yes. Was a man, Screech. Who has you know, passed away, unfortunately. Unfortunately. But she did have a rough go for a while. And they were child stars. Yes. Like, I, I can understand that. It's difficult. You get that. You were famous at totally. age 16. It's hard to sort of transition into adulthood. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, but it's so exciting because based off Elizabeth Berkeley's photo on Instagram, it's a photo of Elizabeth Berkeley, Lark, and Tiffany Thiessen. And the location was tagged Bayside High. The caption read, these ladies, what a gift to work together again. We have a special history that is beyond. We worked hard together as kids to make a show that people still love. We did high school together and our parents all looked out for us too. As we were minors when we started, it was a safe place to grow up. And now we get to take those sweet roots and fly together as women. Uh, I love this so much. Okay, I'm going to ask you right now because I know our listeners, we have a lot of listeners who are probably thinking back to their favorite episodes. What was your favorite episode, your favorite moment from Saved by the Bell? Uh, that people used to tell me I looked like Tiffany Amber Thiessen. That, just all of it? Yeah. The whole thing? I thought Tiffany Amber Thiessen was the prettiest girl I ever saw in my whole life. Yeah. And people used to be like, oh, you remind me of Tiffany Amber Thiessen you do, and kind Topanga. Of. And I was like... And Topanga, yeah. Oh my God, I'm an icon. I've got a few. Obviously, the Jessica Spano, uh, the Sleeping Pills episode... Oh. I'm so excited. Yes. I'm so, I'm so okay. scared. That one was a big one. Um, the one where uh, AC Slater danced in a leotard, did ballet because he was hot. When they did the sprain, Screech and Lark Voorhees' character yes. at, at the max. And then I also loved the weird season that never really made any sense where they worked at the, the beach house in Malibu. Uh, and they all worked uh, for with what's-her-name, who was Leah Remini. Oh, yeah. Zach, Zach Morris fell in love with her yes. and her dad, the Karosis. They ran that place. That's and there so was a big funny. beach volleyball tournament. And that was one of my favorite episodes as well. You know, that actually is in Santa Monica. We drive past it and we go to the beach all the time. That's fun. Let's go. That resort. Is it? I have like a little bit of nostalgia every time I drive past it. I love that. Well, listen, I think it's amazing. I'm so happy that Lark gets to be a part of it. You know, also with the passing of Dustin Diamond, I bet it made all of the cast members think differently. Yes. You know, just going to let things go. Well, Elizabeth Berkeley and, uh, 
and Mario Lopez are regulars on the series. They yeah. actually went back in there, and so was Zach Morris. Mark Paul Gosselaar is semi-regular. Listen, so. Elizabeth Berkeley gave us showgirls. She can do no wrong in my book. <laughs> Ever. Ever. She threw those pearls, honey. Mm-hmm. Gina Gershon was down. Gina Gershon, though, was a whole vibe, too. Gina Gershon still is a vibe. Yeah. St- I will say this about Gina Gershon. When I had to leave Melania in the Trump Family Special, she played Melania. She mm. had to replace me. Yikes. Big shoes to fill. Yeah, not six and a half. Okay, coming up in Red, White, and Q, Ryan Basham joins us on the debt ceiling and how catastrophic it can be, but AJ told me not to worry, so I'm not going to. Coming up next. James Brown. James Brown. I love that song. Michaela just asked me a question off air. If you could just be, if you could be a fly on the wall in this studio, y'all. Yeah. Our show's way better when we're not on the air, when the mics aren't Good turned Lord. on, unfortunately. Um, but Michaela's planning her wedding. Well, here, let's give him some context. Because he, okay, no, here's the context. I actually you know am everything. planning the wedding. I'm flying to Mexico to finalize details next week. Justin oh. actually has a wedding coming up in a couple of weeks. Michaela's not even engaged, but she's the one planning her wedding right now. All focus is on her somehow. And we picked the most iconic date just ah, moments ago. Well, tell them why, though. You know more than I do, but tell them why. I'm not just picking it out of the blue. Wait, I'm not going to announce it on the air. You haven't even talked to your, your not-fiancé Okay, well, yet. my not-fiancé told me to go ring shopping on Friday. So this Friday, <laughs> yes, yes. I'm going to look at rings of what I would like. Because to be honest, you know, as girly as I am, mm-hmm. I've never been ring shopping and I have no idea what kind of ring I would like. Well, you went to a, a jeweler once with me. Yes, but it was to your To record rings. content to pick up my fiance's ring. If you haven't seen that yet, head over to uh, my fiance Emil Ennis Jr.'s YouTube account and watch how I proposed to him. It's all Amen. there. Amen. I'm just afraid of, for, for Lisa right now. I'm so afraid. The expectation. Her going the, ring shopping by no, herself. Lisa has. Find, no, like, Lisa, no. Lisa, I have a chaperone. I have a chaperone and I've been given a carrot limit. Okay. Listen, Lisa. <laughs> good, because Lisa is opening she did, Pandora's she set box boundaries. right now. And I was like, I like this. Yeah. And I, I guarantee you, whatever dollar amount she did tell you, and don't ever share that with us, that's nobody's business. Never. Mm-hmm. But whatever dollar amount she did share with you, to you, you probably cried tears of joy, regardless of whether it was $100 or $100 million, because it's all Monopoly money to you, and you get to spend it, and it's not yours. Yeah. So you I'm know excited what, for though? You. I'm so excited because I, I feel like, like a lot of little girls some of them, you know, picture this day their whole life. And that wasn't my reality. Like, same, I just wanted to same. be a star. Yep. And I, like, always thought I would just be, like, a survivalist on my own. Yeah. As weird as that sounds. No, that's real. Well, you, you met a survivalist. She actually keeps a trunk packed oh full God, of she things. Does. And she's, Listen, she... I know I'm going to live if anything ever happens. I mean, me and my, <laughs> me and my ring. Between Lisa and I, we're both going to oh, keep you I'm safe alive. through any pandemic. Yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. No, I, I hear you because I, I never really pictured a wedding or in a marriage for myself because it wasn't even legal till six years ago uh so to be engaged now and planning a wedding like i said flying down to mexico to finalize you know centerpieces and the menu and, and flatware next week is, is crazy to me that's crazy yeah, it's going to be super exciting so we have a lot to look forward to i feel like this next year on the morning beat is really literally justin is going to be so annoyed because he actually is getting married i know we're going in to a his couple wedding, of weeks October we're going 16th. but the next year is going to be you and i talking about us getting wed- so married, annoying wedded. wedded wedded and then he'll talk about married life no, what it's it. actually like being married. Well, he's the bad boy. He's got a baby already. He's got yeah, a full, he had a baby out of wedlock. Kid. Yeah. He's a little bad boy. Is the baby in the wedding? No, the baby's not in the wedding. Is the, is the baby he'll invited to the yeah, wedding? Yeah, he'll be there. Oh, <laughs> God, kids are allowed. Those are the worst kind of weddings. Am There's I right? eight kids coming. They're eight. Gonna have their, well, they're gonna, oh my. They're gonna God. have their own separate room. Lock it. Lock the door. Lock the Leave door. Leave them in there and, and hire clowns. 
Oh, hire God, clowns yeah, to entertain me. I hire clowns for my wedding. <laughs> you should. We get married at Circus Circus. <laughs> yeah, that would be fun. Ay, ay, ay. All right. Nope. It's time for news on the beat. You got it, honey. All right, Lauren Peff. I'm wow. not sure how to say her name. Lauren Pefferly, a special education assistant at Mabel Rush Elementary School. Uh, came to work on September 17th in blackface. Pefferly told her fellow co-workers that she wanted to emulate Rosa Parks, the black civil rights activist known for initiating the Montgomery bus boycott as a way of protesting the school district's mandate for employees to be vaccinated against COVID-19. The Newburgh School District in Oregon, which voted to ban employees from having Pride and Black Lives Matter flags as well as any political items earlier this month, responding by claiming to condemn all expressions of racism. She's been put on paid administrative leave. According to anonymous staff members, preferably used iodine to darken her skin to try to make her look like Rosa Parks. Without naming her, the Newburgh School District said that the employee was eventually moved, removed from school grounds. Uh, the school district noted that it is important to remember how blackface has been used to misrepresent black communities and do harm. We acknowledge the violence this represents and the trauma it evokes regardless of intention. It's important to note that this is also the same school that banned pride flags. And um, they're trying to say they're not racist and homophobic, but uh, their students shared pictures of black students at school with other racist teens. Yeah, where do the um, students learn to that? To determine a price for slaves. Disgusting. Disgusting. So that's what's happening in Oregon. All right, let's get into a little bit of weather. It's going to be a high of 108 in La Quinta, 108 in Cathedral City, 72 in St. Louis, 64 in Chicago, 75 in Atlanta, 70 in San Francisco, 72 in Kansas City, 108 in Palm Springs, and 99 in Vegas. Now give us a vibe of the day. Also, I just want to let you know we are very much aware of this New York Times blockbuster revelation that the Trump campaign did know about the lawyers' conspiracies uh, were false uh, pretty quickly after the election results came in. However, they're still challenging the results in Georgia all these months later, 10 months now. Uh, we are talking to Ryan Basham for a two-part conversation in Red, White, and Q coming up in about eight or nine minutes from now. Uh, and we're going to be covering a whole litany of things, uh, the debt ceiling, all kinds of stuff. Uh, so if you're into the, the political arena, we've got you covered coming up here in just a little bit. Right now, here's your vibe of the day. In ordinary life, we hardly realize that we receive a great deal more than we give and that it is only with gratitude that life becomes rich. you got to show gratitude and give to others. You know, I also read something that was amazing that said, make your life playful. Just try to play. I, this is literally the struggle of my relationship. Everything is so great about a relationship. The one thing is my partner works, we both do, we work really, really hard. Yeah. He has a hard time shutting it down and finding joy and playfulness. And he had a health scare recently. Yes, he did. And one of the things when we were in the hospital that we had a discussion about was finding playfulness again. And he's kind of reverted back to his old ways now that he's feeling healthy. And I'm like, nope, we gotta have gotta fun. Go so we're going to Disneyland tomorrow. Yeah. That's step one. But it's got to be, be a, it's got to be a choice you make every day in your life. Find moments for for joy and playfulness. Beautiful. All right, coming up in Red, White, and Q, Ryan Basham joins us on the debt ceiling and how catastrophic it really can be. AJ told me not to worry, so I'm not. Bye. America. Welcome back to the Morning Beat and Red, White, and Q with our political expert, Ryan Basham. Ryan, thank you for being here. Lots of ground to cover. Uh, just yesterday, uh, Donald Trump uh, filed suit against his niece, Mary, and some reporters from the New York Times for $100 million, no less than $100 million. Okay. That dollar amount yet to be determined at the trial, as it is stated. And I do want to say to you, uh, Mary Trump... Uh, did respond in this way, and we're going to first 
cover the debt ceiling. But I do want to let you know, Mary Trump has said, I think he's a loser and he's going to throw anything against the wall he can. It's desperation. The walls are closing in and he's throwing anything against the wall that he thinks will stick. Before we get to that, though, Ryan, talk to us about the debt ceiling. It's on the top of everybody's minds right now. Me personally, I feel like we've been here before and nothing's going to happen. So I'm not paying attention. Should I be? T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Odyssey is giving you a chance to win a trip to London to see Taylor Swift at the Eras Tour. It's Tay in the UK. Hey, it's Taylor. Just download the free Odyssey app, log in and listen to a participating station for a minimum of 60 minutes to get your daily entry. And you could win a chance to fly off to London with three friends and see Taylor. I can't wait to see you at the Eras Tour in London. For more, go to odyssey.com slash Taylor. Tay in the UK. It's on the Odyssey app. Thanks to Republic Records. This is a national contest. Uh, well, that's a great question. You know, I mean, every time a debt ceiling, a threat to let the, uh, you know, let us default comes along, you know, it's kind of a little bit of pins and needles until the, until whatever happens is actually, you know, is actually, is actually going to happen happens. I mean, this like century old rule that doesn't really do much, but it's actually doesn't do anything except create these occasional crises is a real problem, but I can't imagine we'll ever actually get Congress to get rid of it. So in the meantime, we do have to kind of live under the specter of will they or won't they shut the government down? Will they or won't they let us default? I mean, if I were betting money today, I would say um, this will get resolved without a government shutdown. But it does sure seem like that the Republicans have decided to use this as an opportunity to embarrass Democrats if they can. And they're willing to um, let global markets uh, be shaken by the possibility of the world's largest economy uh, defaulting. So that's who the Republicans are, folks. It's just so interesting to me because it feels like I'm like, come on, guys, let's just all get along. Let's try to work together for actual humans, for actual American citizens, because this sort of stuff is so above the pay grade of your average American citizen. Mm -hmm. We don't really care. We want to know that we can get affordable health care. We want to know that we can get good paying jobs, that we can take a vacation every now and then. We can put food on the table and enjoy time with our friends and family. Amen. Right. Average people. That's what we want. So every time this happens in D.C., I don't know that the blame is solely put on anybody because they might be trying to embarrass Democrats, but they're embarrassing themselves at the same time, it's all just frustrating. Well, something I want to ask you, Ryan Basham, also in Trump news, uh, it came out yesterday, I think, Trump is trying to sue his niece, Mary Trump. Uh, does he have anything behind him that would that would be, you know, that he could? <laughs> no. Uh, you know, I think... Um... <laughs> so shady. So shady. <sighs> I mean... I can't imagine, you know, look, I, I have yet to find a credible uh, legal mind who thinks this is going to go anywhere at all. Um, you know, 
for so many decades, suing people arbitrarily worked for Donald Trump. You know, it got him out of a lot of trouble. It kept a lot of people who who had, you know, a good way to come after him off his back. And, um, and you know, he's running out of power. He's running out of tricks. He's running out of everything that has kind of made him feel safe and like he matters uh, for the last many decades. So, no, this is, this is what this is, is the slow motion of, Donald Trump as a person crashing and burning. Um, and, and it's kind of a tragedy. It's a little bit like watching a disaster unfold, uh, but it couldn't happen to a worse person. Well, so yeah. sort, of, sort of background for anybody who's just now, you know, maybe paying attention to this story. It broke yesterday. It's been in the works for quite a while, though. We saw we all sort of saw this coming. You know, Mary Trump, um, she was the daughter, or she's the daughter of uh, the former president's late older brother, Fred Trump Jr. So apparently she also revealed in her book um, that she was the source of the leak of his tax documents to the New York Times, which is why there are New York Times uh, reporters also involved in this suit. And Donald Trump's team is saying that she was part of a family agreement that was signed back in 2001, 20 years ago, um, where they basically agreed we would all, we'd keep this stuff under wraps. We'd keep this in the family, and this information could never go. We would not disclose this information publicly. Um, he's saying she's in breach of contract. Could... Could he have a point there, or is he just reaching? Uh, I mean, uh, you know, non-disclosure agreements fall apart all the time because of the greater legal implications or, you know, social implications or whatever of, of the disclosure of that information. And, and, and as has happened in other, way, in other cases with, with Trump and the Trump organization, the people around him, the non-disclosure agreements that they um, – that they thought that they could enforce have turned out to not be enforceable for one reason or another. So no, this isn't going to keep, this isn't going to block anything. I think what they, they can hope for at most a moderate delay because it takes a little time to run things through the courts. That's it. That's all I got. Well, I feel like he's trying to delay past the midterms, uh, potentially past 2024, uh, just to stall things so he can run for president again in 2024. It's interesting to me that of all of the the women in this inner circle that have sort of been there through these first, you know, his first term, we're talking about Ivanka, Melania to some degree, even Mm -hmm. Tiffany, they're all radio silent. We haven't seen or heard from them really at all. Nothing. And the only woman, the only female Trump we're hearing from is Mary Trump, the niece that just will not go away. I feel like as Americans, we owe Mary a debt of gratitude. Yes. I completely agree. But you know, the other thing is, you know, Mary Trump doesn't have anything to lose. Like the Trump family screwed Mm -hmm. her over. All these other women you mentioned, um, they rely on fealty to uh the you know old school family ways uh just to stay you know just to keep the spigot on so Mm. you know imagine what would happen to a tiffany or whoever if they decided to speak out you know their entire livelihoods are tied to these maniacs at the top of the trump family um uh holding the purse strings listen can't you just go ahead and deposit a couple transfer a couple million dollars into an account that he can't get his hands on and then come out and say i'm good i can live the rest of my life and have a clear conscience my dad's an a-hole you yes. know what I mean? Like, I, I wish. Uh, listen, Ryan, I want to continue this conversation with you uh, for Red, White, and Q uh, because something that's been so disturbing, we've seen the photos, we've seen video, what's happening at the border to these Haitian migrants is devastating and people are asking, what is Biden doing about it? We'll discuss coming up next. I am American, American, American. 
That's right, we are American, and sometimes we have to hold ourselves accountable, and I feel like that's what needs to happen right now as we see the border crisis escalating. You know, Ryan Basham, thank you for joining us again, our political experts that break down all the political news that's going on right now. Initially, our plan was to talk about the repeal of Don't Ask, Don't Tell, the 10-year anniversary of that, and we can still touch on that. Um, But I think the most pressing issue right now is these images coming from the border of these Haitian immigrants, uh, families, children, carrying food, wading through the water and being whipped by essentially cowboys, border patrol agents on horses. And if we for four years talked about Donald Trump and kids in cages and put that on him, where does the fault lie within the Biden administration now as we see these horrific images of white men whipping black refugees, immigrants, just trying to find a way to survive how do we have this conversation? How do we move forward? What do we do? Well, I think, you know, like the, the former guy, Biden, said, no matter what happens in the government, whether I was directly involved with it or not, the buck stops with me. And that's, a, and that's kind of the mature adult difference between blaming for everything and taking responsibility for everything. And it sounds like that's what um, I, I would bet that in the next couple of days, some very serious, we're taking responsibility for this and here's what we're going to do about it announcements are going to be made um you know the federal government is the largest organization on earth and there are a ton of people who could make horrible decisions in plain view of others and then make the whole country look bad and the border patrol in particular are um you know a group of people who have a union that is that has tried since biden became president to circumvent his orders and maintain trump era policies it's a really really messy situation and 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 i do and I guess I don't want to say to their credit, but it, to be fair, the irregular migration that's uh, coming up through Central America right now is really rough to have to deal with. Um, and it's not that migrants are bad and we should keep them away. It's the rest of our, um, you know, the rest of the Americas have a lot of really challenging places to live in them. And we could be doing more about that. Um, you know, we could invest the energy and resources that we have and say the war on drugs to helping these poor nations. Haiti's the poorest nation in the Americas or in the Caribbean. Um, helping helping uh, these countries get on their feet so that their citizenry don't feel like they have to escape to our uh, front door. So, something, something, I mean, there's it's complicated, yeah. but at the bottom, at a bare minimum, we shouldn't be whipping people. We yeah. shouldn't be beating people. We shouldn't be treating people like they're cattle. But I mean, That's they're carrying food. I, I think why it just feels so gross is that these people are carrying boxes of food and in one hand and their child in the other so it's obvious they're not they're not doing anything you know they're, they're like, not rapists and murderers like no, donald trump they're not doing any of that yeah. and then no but they're being forced well, I, away it's it's tragic and i think we also have this other overlying problem people in various law enforcement agencies kind of living out their fantasies of you know, whatever they wanted to be based on the video games they saw as a kid, like the Cowboys in this case, or, you know, uh, sharpshooters in other cases. You know, everyday law enforcement folks don't have any business living out there, you know, cowboy or military fantasy uh, on the streets of this country or, or even across the border. None of this is acceptable. It's not even smart. It's not even doing the job well. Well, it feels a little so like... Something has to be done. It feels a little bit like torture porn. It feels like an episode of Westworld. Like, they're 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 getting their rocks off going down here and just whipping families. And if you don't think that our, our nation was built on the premise of racism, like, built on oh, the backs okay. of immigrants, black 
slaves and you're seeing how this is playing out those images you know we, so many of the images we rem- we've been taught and seen as children growing up of you know the civil rights era and birmingham and montgomery and all these other these other moments in history we see them in black and white even though those pictures are very much in color right they're shown to us in black and white so we can as humans as americans disconnect and say though that was so long ago these pictures are mm-hmm. very very much in color and it's interesting because this immigration and this sort of this border issue seem it, it always seems like you know it's 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 republican versus democrat right or or whatever it's always how it's sort of phrased and if you look at the state of texas in the southernmost point of texas and most of that western border most of the mexican border votes highly democratic actually the rest of the state is very very red outside of, you know, Austin, Dallas, Houston, the larger metropolitan areas. But the southernmost tip of Texas and the western part of Texas historically votes Democrat. And that's where the immigrants are crossing the border. So if the people living there understand compassion and empathy and that we have to show a more humane way towards these people, why can't the rest of the country get on board if it's not even directly impacting most of our lives? Well, they've been lied to uh, to believe that it is. Uh, you know, I mean, when when the governor of North Dakota is like, "Let me send some uh, national guard troops down to the southern border because we're at risk here," uh, you know that you know that you know Americans, hundreds if not thousands of miles away, think they have agency over this and that they have some reason to enforce it. It's it's silly, uh, but this is a complicated issue. Is the bottom line? I mean. Immigration has been an issue under Republican presidents and Democratic presidents. And I think until we stop trying to use it as a political football to make the other side look bad and start actually trying to solve these really complicated problems that have to do with human lives, then we're going to continue having experiences where we have to reset the clock on how long it's been since a white man on a horse hit a black man with a whip. And And that's tragic. And truth be told, even before those images we just saw yesterday, the day before, it hasn't been that long. It still happens all the time. Yeah. And we just don't know it. And yeah. we're not being made aware of it. That's the power of a photo. Hello. I mean, but the photos are horrendous. Yeah. It's awful. Well, Ryan Basham, we appreciate you so much. Thank you for joining us and having these conversations for Red, White, and Q. Thank you. All right. Coming up, a father and a trans teen son uh, made history with this one audition. Find out what happened over at The Voice coming up next. History was made last night on The Voice. Uh, listen, I can only name one person who's ever been on The Voice. Well, except for my cousin's husband, I guess. Two vo- two names. Shut up. It's not as iconic as American Idol, let's be honest. Amen. Especially that season four. Or, Woo! Or, or what a season! Is it four? Is that what you're on? Four. Yeah, I remember it because Carrie Underwood was just a, a revelation. She was just everything. Um, but God. The Voice usually gets more headlines for their judges than their talent. Not the case this week. Michaela Gordon, what's popping? Okay, well, this is incredible. A father and teen trans son made history with The Voice audition. Sasha, uh, 19 years old, auditioned. Uh, but they did talk about growing up trans. Let's take a listen. I was born female and I never felt comfortable and it ate away at me the more I grew up. I used to write in notebooks. I feel like a boy, I want this so bad. And I'd shred it up into such tiny pieces because I was so scared for anybody to know. 
Oh my God, that's so sad. Uh, but they had the opportunity to perform. He performed with his father, who's 57. They sang Leave It on a Jet Plane. Take a listen to their audition. All my bags are packed. I'm ready to go. I am standing here outside your door. I hate to wake you up to say goodbye. But the dawn is breaking, it's early morn Taxi's waiting, he's blowing his horn Already I'm so lonesome I could die So kiss me Okay, first of all, I want to make note of this And maybe we can talk about this tomorrow with my vocal coach, Amy Because she talks a lot about trans voices and how they change so much due to hormones, due to everything, and that there's actually a way to save your voice and to continue having a really great voice. Um, but she trains a lot of trans people, and this is incredibly difficult. His voice sounds phenomenal. Stunning. It's beautiful. I Look, I'm a cis man, and just going through the changes of puberty in, you know, in middle school, I used to sing solos in my Catholic church every single week almost, and I had a beautiful voice, and then it changed in junior high. Yeah. Right? And I remember in college, my acting coach telling me, you still have a pretty range, actually. If you actually trained it again, you could sing. You have to just relearn how to with this new deeper voice that you right. have. So to go through that sort of a transition and then still have this voice at age 19 is just phenomenal. And I think Ariana is the perfect the perfect mentor. Well, let's see who he chose because two judges turned around. Oh, please, Kelly and please, Ariana. Please choose her. Take a listen. And we're so excited to have you on the show. Thank you. And now you've got Thank an you. important choice to make. Because also her brother's part of the community. She's done so much for our community. I love Kelly, but I feel like with Ariana, she's going to know exactly what to do. Yes, Kelly would have nurtured him all day long just as well. Oh, I, yeah. I, I love that this happens because also it's a show where they're blind auditions. You don't know. You don't know. You just go on the voice. And I tell you, I love, though, that major networks are this comfortable with this conversation right now. Finally. Because there are a lot of people who watch this show in Middle America or the Deep South who might be seeing a trans person for the first time mm -hmm. and hearing their story and realizing, oh, they're human. They matter. Yeah. It's a big deal. It's a big deal. All right, well, coming up. Yeah, we've got JoJo Siwa. Yeah, good example, Justin. JoJo Siwa mentioned JoJo, or, uh, JoJo Siwa of on Dates with the Stars the night before. I mean, it's a big week. And she had the highest uh, She had the highest vote, the highest score. Yeah, Dancing with a Woman for the first yeah. time in the show's 31 season history. We love to see it. All right, well, coming up to gays and straights date differently. You would think so, but according to this article, we're not that different after all. Come on. Come on, baby. Halfway through the work week. If you're uh, if you're there with us, Justin, you get a notification on your computer? Think I heard something? Uh, it, software. <laughs> it is Wednesday. We're halfway through the work week. You know, we get through our work week a little bit quicker than everybody else because I'm going to tell you what I love about this gig. Yes. Here's what I love and I hate about it. Go off. Hate the hours. Hate. I go to bed at 830 every night and I can't go out to dinner past 6 p.m. Mm -hmm. 
because I'm, you know, I'm an adult now. Yeah. But what I love about this job is come Friday at 10 a.m., I run Lord. to my car so fast, and it feels like we have a three-day weekend well, every single week. To be honest, it feels like that when we leave work. Yes. Like, the time that we leave work is the time that people are getting to work. Oh, my fiance so oftentimes making himself breakfast and getting out of bed when I yeah. get home, and I'm done for the day. Yeah, so I appreciate that aspect, Yes, yeah, so sure. I do. That outweighs, the, the pros outweigh the cons, barely. Uh-huh. We're treading lightly here. We're treading lightly. <laughs> no. Uh, but... Uh, coming up this hour, we uh, have an interesting conversation. We teased it uh, in our promo that you might have heard running the last 24 hours here on our station, if you've been listening. Um, it was an iconic promo, to say it the really, least. It really, really was. Uh, it's, how we, it's how we trick you into uh, coming back to our show every day. Um, but do gay and straight people date differently, right? You, you probably have a different perspective on this than most, Michaela, because you have dated men Within the last decade. Yeah. Uh, it's been hundreds of years since I've dated a woman. Uh, so You you're... never dated a woman. I did. Oh, but... you. I guess you kind of did. Yeah. Okay. I was nervous the whole time. Yeah. Every time we got a little too close, I ran. Because <laughs> I was really fast, so that was fortunate. Oh, good for you. Know? you. <laughs> but uh, we're having that conversation coming up in just a little bit. Right now, though, a, a, a teacher in Oregon did the most unthinkable thing in 2021, Michaela has the details and news on the beat. Lord of mercy. Well, Lauren Pafferly, a special education assistant at Mabel Rush Elementary School, came to work in blackface. Pafferly told her fellow co-workers that she wanted to emulate Rosa Parks, the black civil rights activist known for initiating the Montgomery, boy, Montgomery bus boycott as a way of protesting the school district's mandate for employees to be vaccinated against COVID-19. The Newburgh School District in Oregon, which voted to ban employees from having pride and Black Lives Matter flags, as well as any political items earlier this month, responding by claiming to condemn all expressions of racism. Now, Preferly is on paid administrative leave. According to anonymous staff members, Preferly used iodine to darken her skin to make her look like Rosa Parks. Uh, again, this is the same school that banned pride flags, so this is obviously very problematic. This is the latest in a series of racist incidents to take place in the school district. Last week, at least one student at Newburgh High School was found to be in a group chat on Snapchat named Slave Trade, where white teens across the country joked about auctioning off black students and exchanging racist, homophobic, and violent rhetoric. One of the group members actually wrote, all blacks should die, let's have another holocaust. So that's what's happening. 2021. I mean, these are these are these are the the adults tasked with minding or molding the minds and the hearts of our young people. Yeah. It's a teacher. But they're learning from somewhere. That listen. That's why homophobia isn't real. It's where they're learning it. Racism is not real until they learn that behavior. Also, where do you get iodine? Who just goes buys iodine? You get it at a drugstore? Where is that? Yeah, anywhere you buy like uh, first aid products. Uh, oh, great! It comes in a bottle. It looks like red and yellow. Put iodine on their face. That's a, that's, that's a good a idea. Question. What's iodine used for? Uh, you, disinfecting. Oh. Yeah, they put it on like a cut, or like a, or the, or the, sometimes they'll put it on you before they like cut. <laughs> Before, like mm-hmm. historically, it was used for like surgeons, right? They'd use it on your skin to disinfect before they. Got it. Know. Okay, great. Good to know. Or to be a racist. Yeah. Or to dress up as uh, Rosa Parks. All right, let's get into a little weather. It's going to be a high of 99 in Vegas, 108 in Palm Springs, 72 in Kansas City, 70 in San Francisco, 75 in Atlanta, 64 in Chicago with light rain, 72 in St. Louis, 108 in Cathedral City, and 108 in La Quinta. 
Now give us a vibe of Zadar. In ordinary life, we hardly realize that we receive a great deal more than we give, and that it is only with gratitude that life becomes rich. Gotta be grateful for things. Absolutely. Just be grateful. Like work, your partner who loves you. Yeah. Your partner that loves you. Your dog. Your boss. Hi, Brian Okay, Holt. let's not get ridiculous. Brian Holt, if you're listening, it's me, Michaela. I love you, honey. Wow. How about your producer? Who's he? Yeah, Brian Holt. Yeah. The program director. The important one. The big guy. The cool guy. I need your advice. But in order to get it, I have to confess something. And I'm asking you not to judge me. Who am I to judge anyone? I had bangs in the 80s. Okay. I have cyber sex on the internet. And this would be the non-judgment part? My name is Rick Nine Plus. No, you didn't. <laughs> Rick Nine Plus, how sad is that? Actually, I think it shows a great deal of restraint. You could have been Rick Eleven. I think it shows a great deal of restraint, too. Carrie Bradshaw, Stanford Blatch. Uh, uh. We're honoring Willie Garson. He passed away yesterday, unfortunately. Iconic, <sighs> iconic character so from the Sex and the City and uh, 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 the reboot that is coming out on HBO Max. Uh, we do believe he was filming. He got some episodes shot. We don't know how many exactly or exactly what he died from. Uh, we're gonna be we're gonna be honoring him in a moment. I know, Justin, I understand where the show goes. I understand how to host a show. My producer, Justin, writes me notes as if I don't know that we're talking about dating it's right now. It's because he likes and the whiteboard. He likes to just write We're things. using Willie Garson and that scene, iconic scene from Sex and the City, to segue into our dating conversation right now, Justin, producer. Thank you so much for Thank teaching you. me how to do my job. You're um, welcome. So we talked about this yesterday. We teased it. And um, it's, it's an interesting conversation. The difference between dating for straight people and queer people. Is it the same? isn't different. You know, I haven't really gone on a date with a woman in a hundred years. Probably 1999 might've been the last time I went on a date with a woman. And I was also at the time, 19 years old. You've dated men and women in the last decade, in the last seven or eight years, probably, I would say, right? You've been with Lisa now for six years. Yeah. But before her, I believe you were with a man. Yes. Mm -hmm. Pretty, pretty soon before her. Not, it wasn't a huge gap, a year or so. Yeah. Not a huge gap at all. Do you think there's a big difference uh, for queer dating versus straight dating? Yeah, a thousand percent. How so? A thousand percent. I'll just speak for my personal self, but I will say that, um, you know, there's just a different language when it comes to a woman dating another woman. I think that things I felt insecure about with my ex because he was a male and he didn't understand things, emotions, bodily parts. It's not like that with Lisa. Like... A woman is a woman, so there's nothing that we ever have to be ashamed of, embarrassed of. We really get it. We understand it. We can be big with our emotions. And I remember when I met my ex, he wanted to take things slow, and he wanted to wait to hold hands, and he wanted to, like, uh, and I didn't want to have sex right away. And it was this whole thing that we did. We didn't move in right away together. And when I met Lisa, we felt uh, we got intimate immediately there was no having to like withhold back um, everything, all of our big emotions. It was a very honest, vulnerable from jump. Um, and we then moved in together very quickly. We've been together ever since. But it's it's what I enjoy most about being with a woman. For me personally, I prefer to be with women. I feel very comfortable with women. I feel like also um, 
the things that I'm afraid of or scared of being a woman, Lisa, my partner, also understands. It's a whole other there's level a cer- of well, understanding. There's a commonality, a certain comfort level. And when I used to describe it this way to my my buddies or straight people who didn't understand, you know, in my early years, back in my 20s, you know, what, what it's like. And I'd be like, listen, it's like having your best buddy who you can watch, you know, sports with or watch your favorite shows with or go on a hike with or do all these things that you love to do with your best friends that you keep separate from your girlfriend and your wife. But then you get to also go home and have really great sex with them. You get to have the best of both worlds. You don't have to have two separate things. And sometimes that's good and sometimes that's bad. I think that while dating, the act of getting into dating as a queer person is much more difficult just based on the numbers alone. I mean, this study shows that 5.6% of U.S. adults identify as LGBTQ, you know. Now, this younger generation is much more open and much more fluid. Um, so there's more options, I think. But for us, there aren't a lot of options. So just the act of finding somebody that you're interested in to go on a first date, let alone build a relationship with, is tricky. In some ways, once you get into the actual relationship, a relationship's a relationship, You're going to have the same insecurities and the same doubts and fears that come up. The difference is when your partner has such a deep understanding of who you are because they've had the same experience because they might be the same gender and also queer, that that can build a deeper connection, I think. And also, there are a gajillion-like representations of straight love in television film, music, pop culture. We've all been raised with all of it. Yeah. And that's why I think it was important to come in with that that bit of audio from Sex in the City. Stanford like Stanford Blatch. Like I I posted yesterday my Instagram when he first when yeah. Willie Garson first passed. He was one of the only queer people I saw growing up. And that was at a time too when I was first starting to like dabble in my sexuality and start to come out of the closet and start to date. And while I didn't really relate to him exactly, he felt safe to me. He felt like something I could relate to. And I think what's interesting is I've often said that so many of my relationships in my 20s and 30s were so broken because I don't have a lot of relationships to look up to in my life. I love my mom and my stepdad dearly. I do not want their relationship in any way, shape, or form. Yes. Other than the fact that they love and support each other and they're there for each other. They don't have conversations that my partner and I have. None of my aunts or uncles, my entire family's like that. That generation doesn't talk about stuff. They don't deal with emotions. They don't address them. They brush everything under the rug and they keep moving. And it builds up and it builds up and it builds up. My partner and I, having such similar traumas as gay men, we had to fight for it. But when we have those conversations, and I think yeah. you can relate to this, they're so powerful. Well, I will say that's a generational thing. And I know that, you know, heterosexual couples now are having big conversations. Men are very different. Yeah. Women are very different. And I a know- lot of gay couples, too, also are not having the conversations. I'm not saying we're all yeah, perfect. Totally, totally. But I, I will say, look, I think that men have gotten, um, men that I know have tried to drop that toss toxic masculinity support their women and so there's beautiful relationships in heterosexuality i will just say for me i feel very very comfortable having dated different types of people with not only lisa because she's like my love mate my partner um but i just i love what we have i love that we can share anastasia dip brow 
I love that we can share makeup. The, they do the best brows, though, Anastasia. They literally do. RuPaul's I, Drag let Race. Me tell, <laughs> That's let where me tell a lot you of people something. probably know them from. Lisa was very androgynous when I met her, and I didn't know what to expect. And so when I woke up the next day, we were getting ready for her DJ gig, and she was starting her beat. And I was like... Wait, okay. Wait, you do that? You have Anastasia Dipbrow? Mm-hmm. And she was like, Oh, yeah. she can beat a face, honey. And I was like, Oh my God, we're best friends. Can I just go back? Because I do know the story of your first date, and I'm not going to reveal that live on the air here. <laughs> but I will say this You said when we woke up after our first date, so I'm already deciphering, okay, you stayed the night together. <laughs> and then she was getting ready to go DJ. That means you slept in, honey, or spent a lot of time in that bed that yeah, day. We did. If she was getting ready for a DJing gig Listen from to me. bed. My Aunt Teresa might be listening now because I just found out that she. Listen, Aunt Teresa, turn, in the, turn this radio down. We were in a concubine, honey. We were together. <laughs> we were in love. I mean, we were lesbians. Yeah. Lisa was the sex I waited for my whole life. Listen, guess what? Adults have sex. Get over it, people. Yeah, we do. And sometimes we enjoy it. <laughs> I know that Aiden has okay, feelings. Stop. My- I am done. I've listened to you talk about Aiden for what, 10 blocks and two years? And I've been a wonderful audience. And I ask you about my Marcus, and all I get is nice? I'm sorry. I mean, Carrie, how many relationships have I been in since you've known me? Real or imaginary? <laughs> On your opinion means a lot to me. You're my Machiko Kakamatsa. Don't you dare do that to Stanford Blatch, Carrie Bradshaw. Don't diminish his feelings like that. Don't ever. Uh, so sad. Uh, we're this talking. This is so sad. Yes. Uh, so obviously we lost an icon yesterday uh, in the world of television, um, and it's it's sad. It's um, I don't know. It's hard to. To wrap your brain around losing somebody at the age of 57, like Willie Garson. It's just so young. Yeah. It's so young. And just like that, filming right now for HBO Max, uh, we do know that he filmed some episodes, so he will appear in that reboot, which is an exciting way and a tribute to to such an iconic character to sort of have that as the bookend to your career. Uh, But... We thought we'd talk about some of the most iconic queer characters on television that influenced us growing up. And there weren't a ton. No, there wasn't. In those early years. But for you, and I think I know your answer probably, uh, who stands out to you? I think in regards to queer representation, it wasn't until I saw the L word that I... I mean, I remember I was 21 when I saw the L word for the first time. My roommate was a lesbian and she wanted to watch it. Mm. And I remember watching it and I, the feeling I had of, oh my God, this is where I belong. Oh my God, Mm. this is me. And they were beautiful and they were hot and they were sexual and they had big relationships. And it was really sad because I remember, I've told this story so many times, but this is where I was got inspired. I wore this wife beater, which is what they were called at the time. I don't know what they're called now. And no bra. And I went to uh, the bar next to the Abbey and I was like, I'm going to get me a girl for red. Here lounge? Here lounge. I used to be a bartender there on truck stop night with all the lesbians. Truck stop, it was it. I was a bartender there. I can't stand it. Well, you didn't find me a girlfriend and I didn't either because they were actually really mean to me. I went in with my weave and everything. And um, I remember that really... I didn't have a great experience 
with lesbians growing up, but I was very sensitive. And I think that that's also at times why I dated men. Um, mm. Because I did not have a great lesbian experience. But I remember watching that show and I, I was like, this is like the coyote ugly of my dreams. Well, I will say this. I think that obviously for me, as a cis gay white man, Will Truman on Will and Grace is the obvious one, right? Yeah, of course. That's the, that's the one. You know, Jack was always the fun sidekick, but I related to Will more because I just have his temperament. I'm a little bit – I can be neurotic. I can flame out, but I can also – I guess I'm passable to a lot of people who maybe don't know, whereas right. Jack is more of a flamboyant character. But I will say for me as an adult, a couple of the characters that stood out to me, uh, Chris Colfer's character on Glee – I remember the scene. Oh, yeah. yeah, the scene where he came out um, when he came out to his father, and that show took place in Lima, Ohio, which is thirty minutes from where I grew up. Very relatable to me. I remember being an adult with my partner Ryan at the time, and watching that episode, bawling our eyes out, sobbing uncontrollably, because his father had a reaction that we never got. And that most queer queer people up to that point had never gotten from their parents. And it was one of love and compassion mm-hmm. and understanding and, hey, I'm going to find a way to, you know, understand this better. I have something that I want to say. I'm glad that you're proud of me. But I don't want to lie anymore. Being a part of the Glee Club and... Football has really showed me that I can be anything. And what I am is I'm gay. I know. Mm-hmm. Really? I know. Uh, Kurt Hummel, I mean, that just, it just gutted me and made me feel. Like I wasn't alone. And I was an adult by then. I do remember being a little bit younger. Do you remember a show called Dawson's Creek? Yeah. Iconic, right? Yeah. Um, James Vanderbeek. Yes. Uh, the, the, I was a little bit young Michelle for Williams. It. I mean, there was a there was an iconic cast. And Michelle Williams, yeah. What's her name? Uh, Tom Cruise's ex-wife. Katie Holmes. Katie Holmes, of course, from Toledo, Ohio. I knew that. But there was a character on there played by Kerr Smith. His name was Jack McPhee. One, I had a huge crush on him. Two, I wanted to look like him. But Jack McPhee on Dawson's Creek also, because that was that, he's like my age, roughly. That was at the time where I was sort of coming out on my own and figuring out my own story. And and that was a little bit more relatable to me than, you know, I loved Queer as Folk. And those guys were also really there for me in, in, in a way when I was coming out. But they were a little bit messy. They were yeah. doing things that maybe my friends and I weren't necessarily doing. I was not yeah. doing drugs and raging. But Kurt Smith's character was just a guy trying to get through high school with his friends, and that I related to. Well, representation matters. Representation matters. And, and you matters. should have a lot more options than just the L word, by the way. Yeah. You should have had a lot more options growing up, and it's yeah. a disservice that you didn't have that. Yeah. But hopefully but, you this know, generation I'm glad, will. I'm glad I didn't, and then I'm glad that I got raised by drag queens because the representation that I bring, I still don't see a lot of, mm-hmm. which is like high femme lesbian. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, I'm grateful for that. However, speaking of representation... Uh, Coming up on What's Poppin', a major icon has just revealed that she has been partnered with a woman for almost 20 years. And it's so exciting. We're going to talk about it next. 
We had a conversation moments ago about some of the most iconic uh, queer characters and queer actors on television uh, and how they impacted our lives. Uh, Representation matters. Mm -hmm. And we, we referenced the fact that there weren't a lot for us to choose from growing up. Not because queer people haven't always existed, but because they haven't been out and proud. Takes some people longer than others to come out of the closet, uh, which is the perfect segue into our segment, What's Poppin' Right Now, because an icon is apparently very much a lesbian. And Michaela has the details for you. What's going on? Okay, this is crazy because the person that I'm about to talk to, I'm going to let them introduce themselves and then we will discuss. So you thought... We are Justin. So, we are so close, Justin. You told me you want me to call for the it's audio. It's me, Elvira, Mistress of the Dark, the sassy lassie with the classy chassis. Oh, thanks for bringing me into your home. Now, when are you going to clean up this dump and put some clothes on? Jeez. Um, okay, that's right. Elvira has come out saying that she's had a partner who's been a woman who's acted as her assistant uh, for almost 20 years. Now, this is wild because my dear friend, you also know him very well, Gregory Arlt, uh, does Elvira's makeup sometimes. They recently did a photo shoot, not recently, it was uh, right before COVID. We went to see her Halloween show. We met her. I would have never guessed until uh, I knew. And now that she's come out, I'm so obsessed a lot of people were shocked, but it feels like she's been giving us hints for quite a while. Take a listen. So you thought you'd get your jollies by watching She Demons. You're just hoping that some sleazy, cheesy sexploitation flick with beautiful girls running around half naked, their breasts heaving against their flimsy, shredded blouses, their milky white thighs beckoning from beneath their tattered <laughs> skirts. That's what you're after, isn't it? Lesbian! Okay. Wow, yeah. She is lesbian. But she talks about meeting her partner who goes by the name of T. Uh, Short for Teresa. Teresa. And Teresa, are you Elvira's girlfriend? Whoa, plot twist. Is my Aunt Teresa Elvira's wife? Come on. I knew I loved my Aunt Teresa. Bring it in. Uh, Bringing it in. Uh, She talks about when they met at the gym uh, and this person was standing there, tan, tattooed, muscular, a knit cap pulled very low over his long brown hair that nearly covered his eyes. She said it wasn't until that intense energy met me in the uh, in the locker restroom, room. the locker room, <laughs> to be revealed that it was actually a woman, not yeah. a man. She said, I never really had feelings for women. This was something very new for me. Uh, they actually were friends for years because Elvira, Cassandra Peterson, was married for 25 years. Mm. They got divorced. Her and T were still just friends. And one day at dinner, they shared a kiss and it's been love ever since. That's so wild. She reveals all of this in her new book, uh, Yours Cruelly, Elvira, Memoirs of the Mistress of the Dark. She's so fascinating to me because every year around this time, she pops up again and she feels like one of those characters that's always been here, but I have no idea why or what she does, but I know who she is. I like a totally pop culture story. She's in the zeitgeist. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, she is. All right. Well, coming up in our final hour, we're talking um, Shepard Smith has some career advice for LGBTQ journalists. Uh, and we'll discuss that next. 
You're listening to The Morning Beat. Thank you so much for joining us. As always, we have a fantastic final hour planned for you. Yes. Uh, Shepard Smith, uh, an interesting sort of character in the world of news, uh, was at Fox for many, many years uh, and has come out as gay. He's been out for a while, but he's talking about uh, what it is to be queer and a journalist. Yes. Or black and a journalist or female and a journalist. He has some interesting perspectives, and we're going to be sharing that audio with you in about 13 minutes from right now and have a discussion thank god we're not journalists we're just talking heads that's uh, listen we we did journalism opinionated and that's it okay listen we had to talk a lot about covid blm we did all of that but we had a meeting with our project with our program director yesterday and for our listeners this is very serious we're not doing hardcore news anymore i want to go back to being fun like dolly parton well low-key we are doing a little bit of hardcore news but not near as much okay we're going to lighten things up a bit. Yeah, we're going to lighten things we up. We have been for a few. We had a good run recently. I've really had a lot of fun on this show. I it's, like how also, like, we're like, we had a good run. We did iconic. Like, just judging our... <laughs> <laughs> Whoa, we really killed last week, didn't we? Well, according to the ratings, you suck. We're fantastic. <laughs> we love ourselves, and you we should love, love yourself, too. Love yourself enough to tune in every single day and hang out with us, your friends here at The Morning Beat, because we appreciate you. And also, low-key, we need you. We, we need you. Okay, listen, we are yeah. going into ratings, and we need you so, so bad. So if you guys could just keep us hey, on, even if you don't like our content. Also, Michaela, we're in them. So okay. we're in them. If you guys know what TSL is, we need it. (laughs) (laughs) Give us some news on the beat, you weirdo. All right. Well, this is interesting. Lauren Pfefferly, a special education assistant. Just pick a way to say her name and go with it. I've been trying to question yourself every hour. Just say Pfefferly. Nobody knows how to say it. So, so exactly. So nobody knows we say it wrong. So just pick a name. Lauren Davidson, a special education. Just change it all together. Lauren Pfefferly, a special education assistant at Maple Rush Elementary School, came to work on September 17th in blackface. Pfefferly told her fellow co-workers that she wanted to emulate Rosa Parks, the black civil rights activist known for initiating the Montgomery bus boycott as a way of protesting for the school district's mandate for employees to be vaccinated against COVID-19. The Newburgh School District in Oregon, which voted to ban employees from having Pride and Black Lives Matters flags as well as any political items earlier this month, responding by claiming to condemn all expressions of racism. Preferly is on paid administrative leave. Now, according to anonymous staff members, Preferly used iodine to darken her skin and try to make herself look like Parks. Uh, it's very uh, problematic. She is on paid administrative leave, but um, this is what's going on in Oregon. It's kind of crazy. So Pride flags aren't allowed. But blackface, go for it. Blackface, you'll be asked to leave, but you'll get paid for it. Paid administratively. Yeah, that's cool. Got it. All right. In other news, medical experts are warning of another deadly pandemic winter as COVID-19 numbers tick up and flu season threatens. The U.S. is back at a point where more than 2,000 people are dying of COVID-19 every day on average, according to data from John Hopkins University. Additionally, about 12,000 and 50,000 Americans lose their lives to flu every year. The best way to avoid another devastating season, doctors say, is to get vaccinated for both. Meanwhile, parts of Southeast Asia, including Indonesia, Malaysia, Thailand, and Vietnam, are coming out of long lockdowns and abandoning their zero-COVID strategies. Leaders want to revive their country's economies, especially their tourism sectors, but experts are worried that low vaccination rates in the region could spell disaster. Well, a couple couple of things to your point there. the United States just announced yesterday they're donating another 500 million vaccines to low-income countries. Uh, so that is just another, like, you know, it's a drop in the bucket, but it is a step in the right direction, which is fantastic, right? It's also helping. Um, and as far as the COVID numbers go, a positive note, the state of California currently has the lowest number of new cases 
per day of any state in the entire country. Amen. We're actually doing the best. And and we're we're also the most popular state or the one of the top two most popular states in the entire country, I believe, Justin. Correct. And um, to be able to get it under control like this, you know, Gavin Newsom has to be thrilled right now. This has to be the best week of his life. Yeah. I made it through a recall last week, and now our numbers are lower than literally everybody. Yeah. yeah you'll see that the deaths are actually hot, the highest in the nation, but when you make it, make it uh, per capita, mm-hmm. we're probably in the bottom half. Yeah, because when you see the extra numbers, I mean, there's a lot of people live here. Yeah. But our positivity rate is lower right now than everybody I else love in the that entire press. country. Well, yeah. All right, so let's get into weather. Take note, Ron DeSantis. It's going to be 108 in La Quinta, Ron DeSantis, 108 in Cathedral City, 93 in Sacramento, 64 in Chicago, 64 in Seattle, 73 in Kansas City, 108 in Palm Springs, 99 in Vegas, and 90 in L.A. Now give us a vibe of the day. You're such a weirdo. <laughs> In ordinary life, we hardly realize that we receive a great deal more than we give and that it is only with gratitude that life becomes rich. Mm, get rich. That's That was your takeaway? <laughs> I feel it. I'm getting crazy. I'm getting kooky. All right. Shepard Smith's queer advice to LGBTQ journalists carries the stench of Fox News, and we're talking about it next. We, as gay people, I feel like if all your, okay, there's a gay story, a gay, gay guy, go cover that. That requires a conversation with your manager, not a confrontational one, not one with emotion, a business-like conversation. I'm excited to cover this story, but I don't want to be the gay journalist. I want to be a journalist who's gay. That is Shepard Smith spent 23 years at Fox News in the closet for 20 of them, uh, speaking to the National Association of LGBTQ Journalists, the NLGJA, uh, during their virtual national conference recently. I've spoken uh, at the NLGJA conference in, uh, I believe it was in Palm Springs, actually. They're gathering three or four years ago. I'm very familiar with this group. A lot of wonderful, wonderful journalists from our community. Uh, And we're going to share some more audio from Shep because I think it's really important that we talk about this. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I Sorry, I thought we were throwing to audio, so I was going to give it a second. I, I think, you know, I don't fault him for being in uh, in the closet for 20 years at all. Sure. Uh, we've known that a lot of people have been asked to stay in the closet. He was even married at one point. Yeah. Um, I think that what he does have to say is problematic, particularly in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Something that stuck out to me was he said, you know how they stereotype us gay men. We're emotional. We fly off the handle. We have chips on our shoulders. And for me, I don't think that those are common stereotypes of gay men, but it absolutely is the way that women are described in workplaces. Sure. And um, I wish that he would have acknowledged that. Yeah. Um, so I think that, yeah, there's a couple things at, at play here. So he was a part of a, of a system, the Roger Ailes sort of system. And he still talks about Roger Ailes, even though he has passed back in 2017, as being a media genius. And many people say that Shepard Smith did not come out of the closet because Roger Ailes wouldn't let him. Uh, that he was out publicly within the world of Fox News for many years before he actually did come out. And while Shepard Smith didn't outwardly support the anti-gay or anti-LGBTQ plus rhetoric at Fox News in the way that, you know, a Tucker Carlson or Sean Hannity or, or Laura Ingram has for so many years. I still think that that your silence is still part of the problem. And I understand I understand saying like, yeah, I don't want to be a gay journalist. I want to be a journalist who's also gay. I get that. I understand that. I don't want the first thing anybody thinks or thinks about me or the first descriptive word anybody ever uses about me to be about my sexuality. But 
not acknowledging that who we are mm-hmm. as individuals impacts the way we see and experience the world around us and the way that we express ourselves. And for him, the way he expresses the news uh, is a big, big blind spot. I understand journalists are meant to be unbiased, but that's just not a reality. And it makes me feel like I grew up in a world where I was always told um, politics and religion, we don't talk, talk about, about them at the table. Why don't we talk about them, though? Why? Because they're uncomfortable. the white supremacist male patriarchy that has been set up since day one of our nation wants to keep things status quo. Yeah. They don't want things to change. They don't want things to question, to be questioned. So when we don't talk about things from our unique perspectives and share our stories in the storytelling of others, we miss a huge opportunity to move conversations forward. And I think he's missing a huge opportunity here. Well, I think it's unfortunate as well, because although he may be LGBTQ, a part of our community, people like Tucker Carlson, Sean Hannity have come after LGBTQ people just in their conversations. uh, And Fox has supported a lot of right wing uh, types of people who've bashed our community and different fundraisers. Now, although he never has, Shepard Smith has never said anything against the community and did stand up for us at one point when Donald Trump said something problematic. Yeah, I think that he's just not the one that I would want to listen to. It's not somebody I'd take advice from the community as a journalist. Well, he talks about, he talked in this, in this conference about covering both sides fairly. I'll let you listen to him and his words and then I'll sort of react. I'm going to cover that exactly like I cover everything else. I'm going to cover it fairly, and I'm going to stick to the truth, and I'm going to present both sides where both sides have relevance. Everything doesn't have two sides. Okay, so that that right there. So that's kind to me. That's having your cake and eating it too. Mm-hmm. He's kind of saying, "Listen, not every not everything has two sides." So it's like a wink to like, yeah, listen. Also, sometimes we're just right. As gay men. So it feels like he's trying to ingratiate himself into the community while also just previously saying that I'm going to be fair and unbiased always. Yeah. So 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 if you're going to take that fair, unbiased approach, right, and say sometimes there aren't two sides, then that means you would cover white supremacists the same way as you would cover everything else. You can't say that. It's like Donald Trump saying there are good people on both sides in Charleston. You can't say that because – Being a journalist and having integrity as a journalist does not mean that you have zero opinions, does not mean that everything is equal and balanced. That's not what it means. So you can't pick and choose and say, well, sometimes this other side doesn't get a a seat at the table and we're not going to cover it because sometimes there aren't two sides of a story. Well, that right there is you putting your personal opinions into something. Yeah. So and and, and I want his personal opinions. I want them. I think journalists should have more of them. I, I think we need to tread lightly because I think that it's very it's a slippery slope to turning news into a bunch of talking heads who are only opinions like I don't want that. But I think to act like. Something that has had such a deep impact on who you are and how you perceive the world around you. To act like that in no way, shape, or form is going to leak into your your delivering of the news, I think is absurd. And I think it's doing a disservice, not just to him, because I feel like he's also got some inner trauma that he's still probably unpacking as a, as a gay man who came out later in life. And I understand that. But I think there's also a major, major disservice being done to not just 
queer people, but straight people as well who are not getting that unique perspective that he could offer. Yeah. Listen, I totally agree with you. Um, I understand. I'm happy that he's out. I think that it is important to have visibility for people like Fox, um, but I just don't necessarily agree with his Well, he's approach. moved on from Fox, honey. He, that is in his rearview mirror now. He has said goodbye. Yeah. Where's he at now? MSNBC or where? where, where? CNBC. CNBC. Yeah, I knew it was Got one it. of those. Yep. All right. Well, coming up, imagine going to pick up your child at school and you're met with no children but clowns on the ground. This happened and it turned into a horrible prank. Coming up next. Tell me something good. I'll start, Michaela. This is going to take us to your homeland, the land of your ancestors. We're talking about Italy. Mm. Ready to go there? Let's do it. I think I'm going to have my honeymoon in Italy. Are you? Yeah. I think that makes sense. Why wouldn't you? Okay, great. Okay, well, now we got that cleared up. (laughs) So listen to this story. These two women, Katerina and Melissa, they're 23 years old now, and they are uh, the topic of of a book called Sisters Forever. This book is about their life story because their story is wild. They were raised uh, with four parents and eight grandparents, yet they don't have a drop of shared blood or DNA. Why were they raised this way? Because they were born 15 minutes apart on New Year's Eve in 1999. But it wasn't until three years later when Marinella was picking up her daughter Melissa from nursery school and noticed a striking resemblance between another girl, Katerina, and her other two daughters. It was in that moment that the wheels started to turn. She recognized Katerina's mother, Gisela, from the maternity ward that night back in 1998. Fifteen days later, they decided to do a DNA test and they realized they had each other's daughter. Shut up. They got the daughters mixed up? They mixed up the girls when they sent them home. You're lying. And for three years, these girls were raised by separate families. And when they realized it, because they happened to be in daycare together, they decided, after a really difficult series of conversations, to swap the girls back. Oh, my God. Take it a step further. By not just swapping them back, they raised them as one unit. So these two parents decided to raise their girls together, four parents, eight grandparents, siblings and all. I love it. And to this day, the girls are, like I said, they're now 23 years old. They don't remember a time other than when they were with their real biological parents. Yeah. Who who remembers being two or three years old? So they made the swap early. Thank God they found it. But they consider themselves more like twins than actual sisters, these girls. They're best friends. This is incredible. I love the way that they've parented. But I can't imagine how many stories there must be of a baby swap incident. And you never know. Can you imagine, though? And the the one mother talks about how difficult this was. But imagine raising a child for three years and then saying, I'm going to give it up. Because even if it's not biologically yours... That's the only child you've ever known. Well, that's why they didn't. That's why they chose to raise the girls no, But they together. did give them up, but then they still I raised them. I mean, they them. gave yes. them up, but they just gave each other respected girls. Sure. Back. But to go from whole... Can you imagine... Ben, it's been yours for a year and a half. Yep. Double that. I know. Someday somebody says, oh, sorry, that wasn't yours. Give but, them back. 
But there's also a son out there that, that is, is mine. yours. That's what I'm saying. I, I couldn't imagine being without him. I think they did the exact right thing. You know, yeah. I think so too. Blend the family. Listen, Sharon Newman and, and Nick Newman on The Young and the Restless were tasked with doing something very similar one time on a season of that Goodbye. show. And, and and Sharon kept the secret from Nick, and it didn't turn out well. I think they got divorced for a third or fourth time because of it. So uh, not a soap opera story. Eh, Young and the Restless really influenced much of my childhood life and my adult life. Okay. To be honest. You, well, on that note, this sounds like a perfect story to end on. So we just wrap it up there. Right, let's yeah. just wrap it. Mm-hmm. Let's just celebrate these uh, young 23-year-olds. Yes. All right. Any moment they can give you sweet relief is a moment to look forward to. Now, for a limited time at McDonald's, get a small McCafe pumpkin spice latte. Hot or iced for just $2. Prices may vary. As always, thank you so much for listening to our show. We appreciate you guys spending time listening to us. Uh, and we'll see you tomorrow. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for well-qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. Odyssey is giving you a chance to win a trip to London to see Taylor Swift at the Eras Tour. It's Tay in the UK. Hey, it's Taylor. Just download the free Odyssey app, log in and listen to a participating station for a minimum of 60 minutes to get your daily entry. And you could win a chance to fly off to London with three friends and see Taylor. I can't wait to see you at the Eras Tour in London. For more, go to odyssey.com slash Taylor. Tay in the UK. It's on the Odyssey app. Thanks to Republic Records. This is a national contest. Hey.